Welcome to The Black Athlete, a podcast where we put the past into the present of black sports. I'm Lewis Moore. I'm Derek White. We're sports historians here to give you the historical context for contemporary black athletes. And welcome back to The Black Athlete. I'm Lewis Moore, author of I Fight for a Living, and we will win the day. I'm Derek White, author of The Challenge of Blackness, as well as Blood, Sweat, and Tears, J.K. the Florida AM and the History of Black College Football. Welcome back, Lewis Moore. Oh, good to be back for this special episode. Good to be back. How's it been going? Uh, it's been good, man. I'm in sports overload. We got World Cup soccer. We got uh, college football. We got pro football. Basketball's back. Uh, by the way, my Terps are 8-0. Um it's been it's been oh it's been a great family was in for the holidays. You have a good Thanksgiving. I did. I, I ate and and watched football, so I'm and spent time with my family, so I'm good. <laughs> that was third. So speaking <laughs> yeah, third. Of, speaking of family, we had to go because this is a special episode. We had to go get uh, outside uh, agitator, uh, Doctor Carl Sudler. Welcome, <laughs> wel- welcome, welcome, Professor Sudler. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be here and, you know, be referee between this hot debate. Um, we've been talking about this stuff for a minute. So oh, I guess we haven't said the topic yet. So I'll let y'all say the topic, but we're excited to be here. <laughs> so before we go, Carl, can we tell them the good news? Can we tell the world? Because I feel like you put it on Twitter. So I feel like that's the whole world. Oh, this is good. What's the good news? Oh, oh yeah. Shoot. Yeah, you can share the good news. You can share good news. Hey, Carl. Oh, that good news. Carl, yes, this is good news. Carl is oh, uh, ooh, and his and his lovely wife are expecting a, a son. Is that what I saw those Jordans meaning? It, mm. So so the, the mm. Jordan the Jordans were not tipping off the the baby sex, but we are expecting a son because you know I I mean uh, I'm a sneaker person. So you know the mm. the, the baby's gonna, was gonna be decked out and right, right, right. So congratulations. Let me see. Congrats, man. Let me guess the name. Little Cartier. Cartier Sudler. The name isn't the name is in the vault. Uh, you know, I'll let my wife, you know, decide when we release it's, it from oh the vault. My, but it's uh, gonna be but the it, most it, proper Atlanta, black Atlanta name. Does it have an apostrophe been. in it? That's the question. Do we oh, know? Yo, it's going. It's... <laughs> no, no, no apostrophes. Uh, it, it will carry on a family tradition from my side that we, we all have C names or names that start oh, with the letter C. This, so. this dude's going to Morehouse. Oh, he's, absolutely. oh man, he's set. Oh, yeah. he's set. Or 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 SC, he's going to SC because the the the, yeah. the mom might have some say in it. Yeah, uh, he's a Morehouse baby. I can tell <laughs> man, congratulations, man! We want to shout that Congrats. out. Uh, we thank old heads who have uh, between the two of us uh, five children. I think right. Lou's got three. I got two. So I got three. Yo, so yo. that's good, man. Congratulations. We welcome to the team. We are excited to meet this young man when he comes into the world with a bow tie. That's right. No. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> a bow tie and Bo Jackson shoes. <laughs> um, so uh, we got a lot of stuff to cover today. I want to start really, real quick with uh, Fred McGriff made the Hall of Fame. Uh, Lou, this is you with the with the baseball cards. Come on and tell the tell the people why this is a no. Fred McGriff, big time. He he, he should have been in close to five hundred home runs, fifty fifteen hundred plus RBIs. He's I mean, if you watch TV in the late nineties, you saw him in that baseball commercial. <laughs> one of the great nicknames, the crime dog. Um, so no, it's 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 really good that that some of these um, older black players. I wouldn't say old. He's not too old, but the guys, the pre steroids guys, 
are finally starting to get their due because I think uh, we forget about their numbers once that steroid era hit. So guys like Fred McGriff and and hopefully one day someone like an Eric Davis uh, yeah. gets reevaluated and gets a shot to get in. So it's really really good. Him and him, Eric Davis and Dave Stewart were put in the Negro League Hall of Fame together a couple of years ago, or the Black Baseball Hall. Okay, of Fame. So yeah, no, that's good. Hopefully Eric is coming next. I mean, I think this just speaks to one of your one of the things that we talked about both on on this show and online is that the '80s for Black Baseball was a, just like really kind of the last era for kind of African American massive African American stars. And so we're starting to see some of that come to fruition with Fred McGriff making it hall. Uh, hopefully, um, Eric Davis is next. I do think he's probably in that next cohort of, of players. But that that 80s era was just such a fantastic era of baseball for for young black kids who were looking for, you know, idols and, and, and role models. And so if you were a left-hander, boy, Fred McGriff was the one. Was he left-handed? Right, I think he was right. left-handed. We're just going to go with that, yeah. <laughs> he might have been right hand. I'm thinking about the other guy. Anyways. No, uh, he's lefty. Carl, Carl, is a, Carl was a baby when that happened, so we just have to tell him all about it. Um, <laughs> and then the other breaking news, before we get too deep into our discussion, we're going to talk about Dion because our text messages have been – I couldn't type anymore. Um, <laughs> but uh, Jerry Jones got caught in 4K – uh, stopping mm. stop black students from trying to enter – uh, North Little Rock High School in 1957 last week. Um, and uh, I'm going to come in with Carl. So, Carl, like, uh, what what does this mean in terms of both the civil rights movement, contemporary kind of uh, ownership in the NFL? Uh, and for our listeners who may not be aware, why is this such a significant event? Yeah, no, I mean, shout out, shout out to Washington Post for digging in um to kind of some you know extensive journalism on this piece recently um for i mean i know the picture tends to get a lot of play or the picture's been getting a lot of play you know they asked lebron about the picture and but um but for those of you who haven't read this article yet you know give yourself some time sit with it uh it's a long piece i added it to my sports history syllabus already for the upcoming spring semester <laughs> Um, but the image gets a lot of play, um, because, you know, as, as you just mentioned, right, you have these, you have young African-American teenagers trying to, you know, show up to school and you have a ton of white agitators there trying to stop it from happening. Right. And, um, and it's just one of those like moments that I think a lot of us who teach African-American history courses or who teach civil rights courses specifically, you know, I, I feel like I always tell my students, like, you just never want to be caught in these images. Right. I feel like, you know, the famous one from Little Rock, right, with mm-hmm. uh, Hazel, uh, Hazel Bryan and Elizabeth Eckford. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the famous Little Rock Nine picture. And you just see see her just yelling in the background. And and it's just sort of one of those moments where you're just like. You know, regardless, and you know, I, I can't remember the name of the book uh, that came out on that image, but you know, the two like ended up like you know, forming a relationship much later in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, 
but but it's just a reminder. I I think I think what the Jerry Jones image in particular reminded us is that like one, these histories just aren't as as old, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you talk, you said the image was 4K, right? It was <laughs> it was a pretty clear shot, right? Which also kind of like was like, oh, this is a young Jerry Jones, you know, as a sophomore in high school, um, who is you know still in his what? How old is Jerry? Eighty? Yeah, um, or he like just that. turned eighty? Yeah. So you know, it's just like these people are still around. Um, these people are not only still around, but they're in formidable positions, right? Like we know Jerry Jones because he's Jerry Jones in that image, but there's no telling who those other guys went on to become, right? You know, they could be local sheriffs. They could have, you know, become judges. They could have become, you know, whoever they became. And, you know, it's just, those are living histories that we kind of have to sit with and deal with. Yeah, I want to say, and the other part of this, and part of that article was also about how Jerry Jones, who is the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, in in literally the most the most expensive um, uh, in terms of net worth, uh, most valuable franchise and in, in, at least in American professional sports, um, has never hired a black coach, right? Like he's never, you know. So there's this thing that are we to draw these kinds of lines from something that happened in 1957 to kind of the institutional what we think about is what we call institutional and structural racism, right? Like that kind of thing that happens in the in the contemporary landscape. And Jerry Jones has always been pretty direct about feeling that he felt like he knew black people because he was not, you know, I think his father owned a grocery store that uh, allowed black people to shop in. So that felt like a a certain kind of relationship um, that other whites didn't have. But I actually think that uh, aside from that article, I think that there's really like... I have we have no time for projects that left because we all between the three of us probably have like 37 projects or something. crazy. <laughs> but I actually think that if, for for anybody who's interested in like research projects, because we have a lot of students and, and academics who listen to this. I think there's a fascinating project to be done where we just trace these individuals like a digital history where we look at these pictures and take these yearbooks that have all been digitized. I think that's one of the things that kind of gets lost in this kind of contemporary moment. And we can now, we can identify them. We know because that picture of them in Jerry Jones in 4K has got some other white dudes in 4K as well. And we just compare that to the picture. And now we can trace them because of the of good history. And we can figure out if they were the sheriff or if they were the teacher or the principal. And what does that mean for uh, how they're black, you know, did they have people working with them that were African-American, how they felt like those relationships work. I think there's a lot of really kind of fruitful and interesting discussion because I think we also just got to have that conversation that this history is not like somehow dead and in the past. And given the criticisms of critical race theory and all that kind of uh, silliness that we've been hearing over the last two years, um, part of it is like we just now have to do what, the, you know, uh, our friend Hassan Jeffries talks about doing hard histories some of this is obviously we just need to do some kind of petty histories, right? Like where we just like, look, <laughs> like we like, look, this is your granddaddy in 4K. Right. right? right, like, right. Uh, and so, like, I think we got to have those hard conversations because we all know we all come from families that we, you know, we information is not readily shared from generation to generation. So you don't always know these stories until they happen until you stumble upon them. And so I think that there's a lot of really kind of interesting histories to be done just from looking at these photographs and then figuring out who these folks were. Lou, you got any comments? Oh, yes. No, I, you know, I would say just kind of to piggyback on, on both of that, both of you guys that, um, and the point that Carl was making is, is 
there are few people in history that we actually can't name that are in these types of photos. There's all these types of photos, right? At every, my guess is that every time this happened, because mm-hmm. it happened at North Little Rock, it happened at Central, we know that one person, uh, you know, but it happened in all these places, mm-hmm. right? Whenever they tried to integrate a school from 1954, we'll, we'll, we'll start with 1957 there in Little Rock, on until 1971 when they're busing in the South, mm-hmm. right, to end it. And then also in like the mid seventies in the North, right. there were these protests and there's one person we, everybody knows now, and that's Jerry Jones. Right. And, and, and I think that speaks to how important this photo is, right. He's the guy that we could all name and he's, you know, cause to everybody, they're just, they're just faces, right. They're just everyday people. Well, this everyday person grew up to be one of the most significant people in sports history, right? right? In a profession that has, as, as the article talked about a profound problem with how they hire, uh, black people and how they put black folks in leadership. Right. And he's one of those organizations, one of the, one of those organizations that continue to have this problem. Right. When he hired Bill Parcells, he had a sham interview with Dennis green, right. Who's a great, who was a great coach. Right. Dennis green went 15 and one, one year with the Minnesota Vikings. And he just forced him to do a sham interview just so he could hire this guy. So that's kind of who, who he is. But I also think another point, and this gets off the coaching thing, is that Jerry Jones was made by segregation, mm-hmm. right? You can't tell me that if our, everything's fair, then this guy moves on, right? From from North Little Rock, he doesn't. I don't think Jerry Jones gets to be captain of the Arkansas football team in the 1960s if you have complete integration, right? Because by the 1970s, they're a black majority team. <laughs> Just right. a few years after they integrate, and and people mockingly call them the Razor Blacks, right? Like. Mm-hmm. So is there a space for this guy? And football made him his connections, right? His connection to Jimmy Johnson, where he played football, mm-hmm. with, right? This is this is who he became. Being able to be a captain of the Arkansas football team had a tremendous impact in his career, right? That's something he can carry with him. That's something he can go to boardrooms. He could talk to people about and help him become successful. And he's made because there's no competition in his life. And being that boy on top of the stairs him and all those other all those other guys were cutting off competition right yeah academically uh athletically they're just keeping it lily white and that's the purpose i either you know keeping black men away from from white women but you know part of the purpose is to cut away that type of competition mm-hmm. right where you don't have to compete with anyone everything's yours and he benefits from that yeah. and i think it's important to point that out and i think um, too i yeah. think too lou like like one of the things that i think was probably most frustrating was um I mean, his response, right? And his response was, you know, Jones was responding, like saying that, you know, like, hey, like once this guy called out, I was willing to talk about it. I've always been one of these people who's willing to talk about it. And and he kind of just like, you know, said that he was there out of curiosity. And I know you talked, you know, you went ham on this on, on Twitter about like, you know, like, like this isn't one of those events that you show up to out of curiosity, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like you right. knew exactly what this was going to be. And, and, and I do think there are moments, especially for young people, where young people show up in mass out of curiosity. Like, like when he said that, I thought back to, and I'll age myself a little bit as always, you know, kind of the young one on the pod. Uh, but I thought back to like when I was an undergrad and Michelle Obama showed up to Dell State, right? So Dell State's HBCU in Delaware. I went to University of Delaware. And, you know, everybody, like, news came out. Michelle Obama was coming. And this is years before Barack is, you know, on the national scene, right? Very few people outside of Chicago know him. And it, it was packed, 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, and and a part of why, like, I, I just remember showing up and being like, this is packed partly because it's the place to be. Um, right. But, but this was to see a potential presidential candidate's wife, right? Like, that's a drastically different, a bunch of people are showing up out of curiosity because it's the spot to be, than saying, hey, your school's getting integrated today and the black students are going to start showing up y'all should meet at the top of the steps right like that's a that's a completely different out of curiosity show up kind of moment and so i think that was, it was so frustrating to hear jones say like he was there out of curiosity it, it it as as opposed to you know him acknowledging the fact that we we knew what it was right or he knew what it right. was and and you know and just yeah. and just acknowledging that he knew it and wanting to be you know extended some sort of grace of overcoming a prejudice that he may have had when he was fifteen that he you know potentially doesn't have anymore right like like I, like that would have been the better way for me you know for him to handle that as opposed to saying hey you know we showed up I, I showed up out of curiosity because that's just not a curious event to show up to. Yeah. Well, he would have got the benefit of the doubt because everybody would have understood like, oh, that's uh, obviously racism was in the air. That's that's what you <laughs> kids did. Right. right. Like like and people would have like, hey, that's like you're, you're right. Hey, that's not me anymore. Right. Like that's who I was. That's what I thought I had to be. We were there. I literally climbed up on top of the stairs. I was the last level of this. Right. And we pushed them down. But but he didn't do that. He He tried to say I was you know, he tried to lie about it because. I think in his mind, he knew he was dead wrong at that moment. Um, I mean, he knew he was dead wrong because his picture was splattered across the paper. Well, the, and every and paper, I will say right? this, and, he knew and I it think that, that, that the picture, because I, me and Lou, we talked about this, right? If you just look at the picture, there is the kind of he could have plausible deniability until you see the whole context, like when well, you got to come up these stairs in the crowd. Like when we get a whole, like a whole kind of total picture of what that particular moment look like and then what it was required to be in that particular spot then you have a very different question right because then it's not like like i was you know when i first saw it i was like well i mean i hadn't read the article yet i'm just looking at this picture and i'm seeing all these people talk about it and i'm like well if they had pictures of fights at my high school in the 90s right like you, I could be in the background at some point, right? Like I wasn't in the fight, but you're watching. But then it's like when you see the whole context, how much work it took for someone to be in that spot, then that's a different kind of context, right? Like it's like saying, well, there was a fight in the cafeteria. You had to leave class and then go all the way outside and then come around the building. Like that's a different kind of thing because then you now wanted to do something. Not to say we had fights in my high school, just FYI, just hypothetically. It's a rough school. Dude, where is Bear East Side? Where did you grow hi, up? Hi, hi, hypothetically. hypothetically. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hypothetically. Man, lean on me. <laughs> like, what's going on here? Sorry, sorry, Carl, Carl. So there's this movie called Lean on Me that came out before you were born about a rough high school. Um, so, uh, I know all about Joe Clark. Another another one is like the principal with uh, what John Belushi or Jim Belushi. You can catch that one on Amazon Prime. Uh, you know, white principal comes into the rough and tumble school. Oh, yeah. That's another reference I might make. Yeah, That's yeah. hilarious. Listeners, it's on Amazon Prime. You can still it's got starring Eddie Kane. Uh, I don't know his real name, but I'll call him Eddie <laughs> Kane. Starring Eddie Kane uh, as, as a bad guy. So yeah. Anyway, we digress. We digress. But yeah, 
But yeah, you guys are exactly right. Like Jerry Jones made the point to, to walk up the stairs with, with his friends and, and, and a couple of adults and turn them around because they didn't want to share space. Right. And, and it took six years for that school to be, to be integrated. By that time, this kid, you know, he's off to college and, and, you know, well on his way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, I think because it went in all, I mean, it was on the newspapers, right? So you can find in, I mean, we have access to the local newspapers. We don't have access. There is a North Little Rock newspaper. We don't have access to yet the microfilm that, but we have access to the black press in, 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 in uh, Little Rock. And, and we have some access to some other papers and it's there it's locally and people saw it. Right. And I think he had to live with that. And I think his, you know, you can't punish these guys anymore. Right. It's not like a Donald Sterling case. And it's yeah. not like, you know, my man at, at, at not my guy, uh, the guy from the Suns, or it's Your not man. like the guy from, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's my guy, my bad. Uh, it's not like the guy from the Panthers, uh-huh. um, right. Who, who you can force to fire these people. And, and, um, but you know, I think if, the pressure, right? Even, you know, putting pressure on them and, and constantly talking about them and, and making them live with this, right? This, So so that's why I was like, you know, don't ask somebody like Dak because Dak's just going to, you know, this guy pays Dak, right? right? Dak's not going to say anything, but, but you know, the media pressure on him, constantly asking him and, and having to, to, to live with the idea that he was part of the, one of the worst moments in history, right? Like it's a really bad moment in, in history. And I don't think we do enough of this when when people were keeping kids out of school simply because of the color of skin like physically violently keeping them out of school it's 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 one of the low moments right uh, of the civil rights movement and 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 i think he has to he has to live with that and and we have to force him to live with that and and be a constant reminder of of who he was yeah because yeah i'll say this because for 75 what 65 years he tried to hide that right um and and now it's like okay now we're going to talk about it yeah and i think i think carl's point is is excellent right like there was a there was an opportunity here for him to talk about you know what that meant in the moment and how he's grown and thought about it and reflective there was not a lot of reflective it was more of like yeah i was there i'm willing to talk about it to his credit he didn't have no comment but it was also a very kind of shallow discussion not a really kind of self-reflective of like what does it actually mean to try to bar students from black students from coming into school right like what does that make you and 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 how normalized racism was right like i think um i think that's that 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 conversation has not been had and I think that what the article is trying to do is connect it to the kind of contemporary uh, in the terms of, of institutionalized racism. I think that's a, a thing that he hasn't even thought about, you know, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And, and, I, and I mean, and I know we've talked about this in, in, in other places, but this is, you know, particularly important. And, you know, this might be a softball to a transition. Um in, in terms of being the owner of a team that has to do with like head coaching hires, right? We talk about head coaching hires as, you know, coaching people who you're most comfortable being around, who you're most comfortable kind of, uh, you know, who so many owners are often like, well, I see myself in th- this person, right? And if this is a critical part of kind of the maturation of Jerry Jones at, from adolescence into adulthood, right? Like, it's not like he, you don't, you know, you don't, even in, at 80, it's not like you don't remember these kind of like pivotal moments in terms of your high school life. Um, and so, you know, there's something to be said about how he's kind of, whether it's internalized or not, um, has, you know, lived with this and how it kind of can, ha- you know, or how it can have impacted his decisions over the course of his career, whether or not he wants to acknowledge that fact or not. I mean, let's talk about we had like multiple like anniversaries, 40, 50, 60th anniversary of the 1957 
you know, the Little Rock, right? Where there was an opportunity for him to be like to come to to have that conversation in a in a in a moment of reflection, and you know, and he didn't have it, and so here we are in 2022 having it. So I think that's, I think your point, right? Um, Carl's trying to move us over to the next because we. It's time. It's time. It's 25 yeah, minutes. Let's it's time to move on. This is what you. This is the moment Derek, uh, Eric's been waiting for, not, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. The moment. The moment. Blowing up our text. So let's go. I, that, so Deion Sanders has left uh, Jackson State University for the University of Colorado. I am, uh, as the, the person who wrote about black college football, uh, one is I think this is an opportunity for us to have a conversation about what the possibilities are for HBCU footballs, the history, legacy, the legacy of racism. Uh, and two, I think that one of the things that I, I think I'm reflecting in my own self, but also colleagues that I know from across the country, is a kind of disappointment that, that Dion, who was probably the most ideally positioned person uh, to not only bring the kind of uh, public relations, but also had the financial stability to, to, to take the ridiculously low salary that HBCU was going to pay him. Uh, and then to go for a place that has, you know, is Colorado. Like, <laughs> um, I think that's all, that's like the core of the disappointment. On the other hand, my colleague, Lou, what, how do you feel about this? Man, must be the money as as, as uh, the song goes. And, and Carl's, you guys can't see it, but this is how he's titled himself in the pod. But um, I think it's it's fine, right? Like we've talked, I think we've done like, a one for sure episode on Deion Sanders listeners is actually named that. I think we did it last year when he got a power five recruit or top uh, five-star recruit. And we probably did something when he got hired. And, and I think he's look, it's a win-win situation for two years for Jackson state. Uh, and, and, and everybody in this business knows that you hire a coach, especially at this level, if they're really good, they're going to go to the next level. That that's a given. And I think he's being, unfairly treated in the media uh because he's Dion and he left and 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 we don't know if this would happen to anyone else because it's never ever happened before and instead of like celebrating there's two things we need to do we need to on the one hand celebrate this moment but also it's an opportunity for us to talk about well why aren't these schools hiring HBCU coaches do they not want to leave? Is there a bunch of guys out there who's like, you know what? I'm swack. I'm staying here. I'm going to be underpaid. I'm not going to push it to see what what's it going to be like if I get 85 scholarships, right? Are there a lot of those guys out there? Or are PWIs saying, you have no value here. We're not going to even you know, interview you. We're not going to give you an opportunity. Um, so I, I think that's that's a whole part of this conversation that's not being talked about and Dion becomes the first guy. And I think we need to celebrate him because if we don't celebrate him, there's not going to be a next guy because why go through that trouble? And I don't know who it might be. Let's say, why go through that trouble if you're Byron Leftwich, right? Or you're Eric being me or somebody else. Say, you know what? I'm going to do this too. If the moment you decide to leave, right? I've given you Walmart money. I've put you on TV. My players are FaceTiming meat meal and I'm bringing some, you know, gold digger, that's a bad term, but <laughs> this girl is bringing her on campus to talk to people. I've given you all this and you know what? I'm, I'm ready to leave, right? I've, I've done this for two years. I'm ready to leave. No one's going to want to do it ever again. 
And all you'll have is people who they'll never, you know, that's it. That's all you'll get. And it's not to say these guys aren't good coaches, right? I'm sure Eddie Robinson Jr. is, is a fine football coach, but you're not going to get the guys who are going to attract the attention, right? And I think some people are hurt by that, but I think it makes it worse when the one guy in, in the history, the only guy who's who's ever had this legit opportunity to go gets knocked because he doesn't stay as long as somebody thinks he should stay, which is, hasn't been determined how long he should stay. So that's where I'm at. And, and I know it's very individualistic of me. It, it's kind of, you know, you know, I'm a move on my own type deal. Um, but at the same time, I, I think this is, this is who Dion was. We know this, this is a guy who's always been about money and, and, and he says maybe he's not, but he, I mean, he is, he's a guy who went from, the 49ers to the Cowboys in one year. And these are, these are rivalries, right? Yeah. This is the guy who, who got, you know, helicoptered from a football game to a baseball game. This is, this is who he is. And Jackson state knew this. They gave him an opportunity. He was a high school coach at some fake high school. <laughs> they gave him the opportunity. They hired him and they knew what came with that hire. Right. And I don't think they're bitter because they got more than they ever had well I, right they got more they've had great players too right yeah. more attention than they've ever had in those two years and now it's up to them what are you gonna do with it how do you attention is not up? real money like i think this is the thing i keep seeing this on twitter like everybody's talking about exposure and they talk about like we've got all this exposure game day was there yada 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 and i'm like yo exposure is fleeting dude right like program building is hard work Right. I think this is where I think when you look at what it takes to be consistent as a winner at any level, right? Like whether it's Alabama or Georgia. I mean, like we know Alabama stunk at one point. That's why they had to go. They they moved hell and earth to hire like Nick Saban, right? Georgia hasn't won a national title since the night since 1980, and Kirby Smart can do no wrong, right? Like there's a lot of like football powerful places that would like to be either average, above average, or national championship titles. I think black colleges, because of their, I, I think, I think part of the problem is that we're treating like all these colleges as if they're the same place. Like that Jackson State and Colorado and Colorado State or Florida State are all the same kind of institution, and they're not. Right? They're that that HBCUs have have a different tradition and a different kind of impact on black communities, right? It wasn't like he took, you know, some little school, right? right? Like, and so we, if we can't acknowledge that, that reality, that like, these are the school that train, like even today, like in 2022, like 45% of white collar black folks have HBCU degrees, Right. So when we talk right. about the black middle class, like that's who we are. We this is the place that nurtured us, that hugged us, that like if, I, even if you didn't go, I don't know about you because you're from California. So this is maybe this is the source of our acrimony here. Yeah, we, yeah, right. Yeah, but like, yeah, we the, going. but, but yeah, like, that's far. Yeah, but like in the South, like where I'm from, like I went to University of Maryland, but my teachers, my mother, my guidance counselors, they all went to Kentucky State. Right. I learned black history from my uncle who majored in political science. Right. I went to summer programs with people who were, were Kentucky State alums and where they got black history. Like so like part of this black like for a large percentage of black folks in America. 
HBCUs are our only mechanism to 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 not only civil rights to integration to that very moment that you were talking about with Jerry Jones, but also our 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 lifeblood in terms of educational opportunities. And so, so for for Dion to to trade on that history kind of almost flippantly and not like at least acknowledge that like hey. I'm going to try to build a little something. I may not be here forever. That's a fair assessment. Like he didn't have to maybe not want to be there forever. But if no. Yeah, no coaches are there forever. But, I think, but, 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 but what I'll say is this. He is the one person who was positioned like he had enough institutional wealth. He was doing national commercials long before he before Jackson State gave him a job. Right. I think that there is a person who could have been more strategic in trying to show what the possibilities of HBCUs are. I think the risk is, and I think what everybody who 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 concerned about black college sports is that they're going to have their tradition, they're going to have their culture, but the 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 eyes, right? The eyes of recruits, the eyes of television, are they not going to come back by? Because they really attract, you know, like there's a, a bait and switch. And so like black success, black civil rights requires tremendous amounts of sacrifice. And Maybe we were wrong. Folks are wrong in thinking that Dion was the avatar for that sacrifice. But like, there's not going to be anybody else who's going to get a better opportunity to make the sacrifice. And I think that's the problem. And then to go to a place, to be perfectly honest, that you had no connection to culturally, no connection to historically, you never lived in Colorado, you didn't play in Colorado, you didn't do any of those things. And, and and so to say, yes, you as you pointed out, this is the first person to go to this power five job. So we should celebrate some of that. But it's also a terrible job. It's such a job that Mel Tucker was like, you know what? After one season, I'm going to Michigan State. Michigan State's a good job. <laughs> I mean, is it, Michigan State's better than Colorado. But, the, but, the, but Derek, everybody's a riser, right? Like but, this is the nature I, of the but business. I'm saying that, everybody's but, I, a riser. but I would argue that like we are only here because people program build. Right. Like King wasn't King, yeah. King. Like if we say like we're celebrating the civil rights movement. Right. Like King took one dollar from the SCLC so he could get insurance. Right. Like it requires. OK. But like it requires okay. all these people. But, but, okay. All these okay. folks. So, here, here, here. No, no, no. Let me finish. 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 You're telling this history, but y'all let it go. They let it go. Who's the day? Who's the day? Jackson State. Jackson State has a great history. Jackson State has a great history. It fired three coaches in the last five years before, because they before wanna, Deion like, Sanders got but there. They They're not a football school. And if you're not a football school, if you're not – Look, are, if, these, if you're HBCUs fi- don't want to play this game, then don't play this game. You're saying they should That's the big-time game. Yeah, but but here's the thing. They are – like, but, you firing but, your coach but, means you are a football there, school. There, either, either, either you're in it and you're trying to be big-time or you're just you're just going to be what, what you're going to be. And, if, and, and it feels like – it feels like – Big time looks like you're gonna you're gonna put you're gonna have real uh, facilities, right? That's what big time looks like, and you can't afford it. We've gone over this. We've had like three or four episodes of why they can't afford it. So, but, so listeners, you can go back and listen. If, we if, know why they you, can't afford but they it. But keep telling me Dion's bringing if all this playing, money. Why can't they afford it? This is the thing, right? This, so that money's not he, real. Then that's what you're saying. It's because it's Dion, and 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 you had this opportunity, right? People had this opportunity. There is there are and it, there are wealth of connections, right? Jackson State, I, I'd be interested to see their their alumni, their their donors, their dollars. People could have said, 
if if you're going to make HBCUs, and and I don't know how many could do this. Come on, Carl. Maybe come one on, or two. On, no. Stop. Right. Stop. If you're going to make, because you're going from 65 to 85 scholarships, somehow you got to go up this level. You're going to have to pay him. You're going to have to get resources together to pay him. But you knew but, the dance. They knew the dance. They chose the mu- music. He left. And if you have this hundred year history of all these places and you got one guy to come in to do it, that's not on Dion. It's not, it's not on not, Dion. It's not on like, Dion. But Dion, Dion changed Dion was, everything. So, and I don't so know what was his motto. What was football. his motto, though? His motto was, why not us? Like, Eddie George has been to Tennessee right. State. I you, heard Eddie George talk about anything about, like, why not us? Right? Like, so part of... Well, they put the pressure on Eddie George. Well, okay, then. that's fair. But what I'm saying... Build, uh, look, you build with Eddie George. But, build with Hugh Jackson. But there, there's all this kind of Dion selling something. He was selling wolf tickets. And that's fair. People could be disappointed. I, you bought that's him. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. We could be disappointed in that. But like at right. some point, you were saying like racism don't exist, right? Because like the reason that black people don't have donors and reason these schools is racism. These schools. Uh, no, we've talked I about know. them. That we've talked I know, about but like, this, but though. Like the, the, but, but but here's, you want to play this game and, and be big time. And it, to be big time, it costs money. And instead of that, you put it all on one but guy. One guy. But like, yes. One guy. Bring yes. the alumni. Bring out... Bring 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 somebody else Who? into the fold. It's one guy, I, and, that's, and that's not that's fair. not fair. That's but not you know fair. That's it's one guy. Fair. But like all of Black history is about people doing with stuff that's not fair, right? One guy. Okay, so Mississippi kept Lane. Lane could have gone, right? Lane played Lane Kiffin, who's at Mississippi, could have gone. What did Mississippi? What did Mississippi do? Dude, are you saying Mississippi and Jackson State? No, are the same? It's no, the, no, stop, 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 stop. Private funding. Stop. No. no, they got private funding. They got private funding. <laughs> They got private funding to pay him. He's paid same out of that, private. You just gave me the whole story about Jerry Jones and using not racism, like right. not being able to use his right. connections to be wealthy. Okay, okay. Like, how does black, like, how does, what black, Jackson State was a teacher's college. Right. So like, like right. the vast okay. majority of this. So why, are you, why does this bother you that a teacher's college that doesn't have money is not going to be great? It's not in the cards. Okay. That's, you got two years out of it, though. I mean, you got two years. I guess that's fine. I, 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 I'm just, and, I, you know why I care? Because I think black institutions right. deserve, like, I feel like we are exploiting these young kids. We talk, you talk about pay to players and we're exploiting all these kids. Right. You, you knew they're exploited. We I, have I, another pod where you say they're exploited. They He's exploited. I, fair enough. But right. here's what I'm saying. That why, what is it about black institutions? Like, why should white institutions be the only people that benefit from black labor? What, but they, but Derek, but Dion gave you two what? years as other opportunities to do that. Why is Dion the only opportunity? Oh, okay. It's fine. Right. And we, we've had no, other no, pods. No. We say you're changing, you're just trading exploitation for exploitation. And if you're fine with that, you're fine but, with but that. Here's what I, they were fine with here's that. What I, and he moved here's on. What I'll say. So find somebody here's else. Here's what I'll say. That is that if do you think that I I think this is because I I spend a lot of time on HBCU campuses, product of HBCU. I think black colleges do something a slightly different than PWIs. And I think But you know but, that. So don't play. But, it. but no, but, but, that, but that that I'm not saying that it fixes the exploitation. I'm saying that it it, it mediates the exploitation of at student athletes. Right. That the, once you brought Dion in, it's over. No, it's not. They because those students still got to go to I, class. They still, they still because these dudes no, are leaving now. These they dudes are, are leaving. leaving. Once you brought Dion they are, in, they you, are leaving. You, but what I'm saying is that okay. what, while they were there, they were at Jackson right. State. They were taking classes at Jackson State. They were talking to black folks at Jackson State. There's a certain kind of thing that will they won't ever get to experience at Colorado. 
Maybe. I don't know. I don't know who the people are there. But but football is it's all the same though at these PWIs, right? They 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 take them and they put them in their own section for a reason. And you're right. They they lose that. But I think these guys these guys understand that, right? These guys who go into that, they they understand that. Do they regret it when they get older? Possibly. I mean, they read for the first time and all of a sudden we have Cap, we have Kyrie Irving, right? Yeah. Right? They, they these guys do the reading afterwards, right? And so so they're losing that. But I think the moment you you sign up for Dion, right? You you lose a little bit of that. You can't you, you can't lose that because it's Jack. You can't lose that because it's Jack. You can't have both. You can't lose it. No, nah, I don't think you can have you both. You can't lose it because it's Jackson State, though. Like it's some- you can't be big time. Yeah, at some point, they, they if you're, if you're a big time, that's the point. Call, they were there. It right. was still Jackson State. Like the institution right. is still going to be there. Jackson State. So why does he got to stay though? If the institution because, is going to be there? because when he leaves, so they could be good at football. Because what that does is it gives us an opportunity for us to sell opportunity. Like kids are choosing. Here's the problem: the kids are choosing to go to App State over uh, NCANT, right? And that has nothing to do with Dion. No, it does. It, because they're not even considering black colleges. What what we forget, if there's a belief that Roz and Todd, the reason all these kids are spending money in the SEC, Kentucky's been good, is because they want to play in the SEC. Not because they get to play at Alabama or LSU or Georgia. They like they want to play in the SEC. So Kentucky's in the SEC, Vanderbilt's in the SEC, Missouri's in the SEC. They're getting players solely because they're in the conference. I think that what you would see and what we were starting to see is that some of that is happening as well. Team kids were considering black colleges for the first time because they didn't know that history was 50 right. years ago. And so they have no relationship to it. And so the fact that they were even in the process of considering now that's why, like, what is that gone now? Should someone else come up and each coach and each program have to feel like they have to sell that? Absolutely. But I know this, like ESPN ain't coming. Like none of these people are coming. 60 minutes ain't coming. Like they, they're not coming. Rod Broadway brought back at North Carolina Central, Grambling, and North Carolina AT. We didn't hear one story about it, right? Even when he was beating predominantly white institutions. And so that is on the media, right? And so one of the things that Dion was the unique personality of like a huge personality, but also selling a particular kind of brand of the culture that was probably the right mix at this particular moment. And it wasn't going to last forever, but to go after two years is to seems it just seems disappointing. I think folks are just disappointed and that like now what we have to do is figure out what the next move is. Because, I mean, Jamil Hill wrote that article about why not go, we, people should go to HBCUs. That was like two, three years ago, right? Right. But they've always been doing that. And I think you just can't have we've talked about this like we just had a pod on this last year and we both acknowledged it. It's it's a really hard thing to do, right? To to have success, to have sustain sustained success, right? Not only just the NILs, but you need you need the alumni, you need the infrastructure, you need money, because how do you compete with all these things? And I get it. You saw a glimpse of the possibilities. But it, it reached its peak. How many times do you have to go 11 and 0, right? Like, how many t- There's That's it. Like, it's a 11 and 0, it's a championship. I mean, and, he did, and I, he I did, think he, he saw, did win the championship. I mean, they did lose to South Carolina State. Let's be real. Like, last, when they, last year. Okay, last year. So, his first year ever, Coach, he goes from a fake Dallas high school, and then he's good enough to get there I mean, the next so, year. They go undefeated. But how many times does he have to do that till, till people are satisfied, right? Like, he, he, he is who it is. I think. I think the problem is Jackson State knew what they were getting into. They had they fired guys before, and as Dion says, 
you either what you either rise or you get ter- what you had terminate or you elevate. That's who his mindset is. You're right. He sold people. He sold wolf tickets, but to put the 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 whole history of pain on on Dion is 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 unfair. He brought the attention that he brought for two years. I don't know if enrollment went up in Jackson State. That's something you could look up. I know when a team on in the NCAA basketball gets in the first round their enrollment goes up. I know they get those TV dollars. So I'm sure they got some of that. Now that's, if that's gone, that history before him, that's not his fault. That history after him is not his fault. That's a whole entire investigation and discussion. And why not HBCU coach get an opportunity? Why not people giving money? Why not ESPN going there? That's that's, that's not on Dion though. I know, but he's the person who cracked the code. Uh, Carl, you've been quiet for like 17 minutes. Yeah, on in, Carl. yeah. Carl, yeah. I, 20 minutes. I, I I was enjoying it. I, I'm probably like every listener who's going to listen to this podcast and just watch you guys go at it because I can appreciate the passion. And I knew I signed up to be the officiator. I've been in the group chat long enough around this <laughs> issue this past week or so to realize that my job is just to come in and drop a couple emojis instigate some things and leave. And so that's what I'm about to do real quick. So to their <laughs> something. I, so, cause I think, I think one of the things that I think we all agree on, um, regardless, regardless of whether we're disappointed, excited, want to be excited, want to be disappointed. One of the things we agree on is that like in this moment, we've realized, you know, just sort of the, the limitations between coaches as, who seek individual success, right? Even if that means it's program success um, versus like institution building, right? Um, Dion is not an institution builder. Um, And, you know, I'm not sure he, I mean, and and I think part of the disappointment is, you know, those wolf tickets that y'all spoke about um, were kind of tied to this broader message about, you know, what it, what it could be for HBCUs if we were to make these same kinds of commitments. Um, but uh, a colleague of mine uh, shared a note earlier from political, I think she's political scientist, Melanie Price, um, who was talking about like, you know, th- this again, and again, we've talked about, I know you've talked about this on other podcasts and we've talked about this offline. Um I mean, Colorado's endowment in and of itself is two point one billion, right? And that number—it's that number—is more than the top fifty HBCU endowments combined. Um, and 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 I think that kind of gap um, speaks to you know because someone kind of lose point right about just like you know like like what was the realistic expectation that they were signing up for. Like, you know, how long was going to be long enough for Dion to stay, right? How, you know, what was the job that Dion could leave for and not catch flack? Because I, th- I think what kind of bugged me about it all was sort of like Dion was catching flack from being at Jackson State, right? Like, you know, we all remember he ain't swack, right? Like, like, like he he always was this kind of outsider inside, mm-hmm. right? And now and now that he's leaving, people are like, we told y'all he would leave at the first opportunity to jump, right? Like, like it was sort of like a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation, and um, well, and that was just kind of like tough to see play out. Yeah, well, I'll just say part of that is on Dion because he talked a lot of a lot of cash. To, to the other oh, coach, yeah. to the other coaches, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like it was not like it was not like oh, I'm really thankful to be in this 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 you know this fraternity of coaches in the swag. It was like these dudes are beneath me, 
Um, and, right. you know, and I think that that rubbed a lot of folks the wrong way. Uh, and so I think that, you know, some of that that acrimony in the conference, but some of that acrimony is that it's also SWAT culture also coming up to people seeing that on the national stage, right? The Alcorn, Jackson State, FAMU, Jackson State, those, that cash talk goes all the way back. I mean, the bands have been talking cash about one another for, <laughs> for, for, for decades, right? And so part of that is just like people are now paying attention for the first time and like, ooh, that feels unusual. And, and when it's really like every Saturday and then they all pound and go to the after party, you know what I mean? Like that's, right. that's kind of some but, of the same, but, same dynamic. But 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 to but to your point about even like traditions at HBCUs, right? Like there was just an element that Dion just wasn't familiar with since jump, right? Like like when Dion decided to like pull out of classics, and you know it was for Dion it was an opportunity to try to quote unquote move the things forward. But he also called flack for that decision, right? right? From inside for not acknowledging the tradition or you know respecting and valuing the tradition in the same types of ways. Right. But but it's again, it's just as if he's not an outsider in this space now. Um, and so to Lou's point about like they knew what they were getting when they hired Dion. Right. They wanted like there was this element of they wanted him. They want part of what they wanted was that he was an outsider. Um, and so, like, you know, again, I just think that that kind of conundrum uh, left him in kind of a tough space that that I just don't know if there would have been a moment in which we wouldn't have had the conversation, right, on if he would have left Jackson for somewhere else. And I think I think it's an important, you know, reflecting point to think, you know, what if a coach, like, so I know Lou started, you know, 20 minutes ago before I jumped in. <laughs> um, but Lou started, you know, Lou brought up the point about, like, you know, something about, you know, it's something, it's something valuable to discuss in terms of the narrative and how we frame it. Like, and nobody's really framing it as this is the first HBCU coach to get hired in the Power Five, right? And so, and, and it's grounded in kind of this disappointment because we wanted to see Dion just do a little more, stick around a little longer. But I wonder if, right, the coach from FAMU who just had a fantastic record, fantastic season, right? Like the when the FAU job opened, right? right? I guess that's not really power five, but if he would have jumped there, would folks have been mad that he left fam for FAU, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, some something along the lines of like watching a coach make that jump that wasn't Dion, if that same type of animosity would have been there. And if not, it's easy for us to kind of identify that we just mad because it was the guy that we knew could kind of like live through the, you know, five, what was his salary? 300 grand or, yes. whatever, you know, yeah. like it, and those types of things. Right. And we would have saw it as a come up for the coach that have been grinding through the HBCU system. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think like, like there's something to be said, uh, you know, we out here pocket watching and we met <laughs> and, and folks are back because, you know, it seemed like Dion took it for the money um, when he didn't need the money. And we think he could have stuck around to build something a little longer. Yeah, I mean, I think I think those are all excellent points. This is why we brought you on, Carl, because we needed we needed some, <laughs> we needed a third a third wheel here. Like we, we need to run a three man weave because Lou was Lou or I was gonna hog the ball. Um, and I think those are all excellent points, man. I think Lou I think Lou's points right, right. We should celebrate this about the move to to power from HBCU to Power Five. Um, I think that the really quite interesting question is like, you know, is this a complete one off? Right? Is this a total one off? for everything, right? So we won't see Willie Simmons, who's the FAMU coach, who was being considered for the, both the FAU job and he's I think he's still under consideration for the South Florida job, 
which I don't know if has been hired as a. The, I think a white guy got the, that. The, no, that's all right. I don't know if they. I don't know if they even announced. <laughs> I think they, they, I saw the. They. I think they did it. Is today. that what it was? And their and their and their thing wasn't it. Their graphic wasn't as good as Dion. The Dion. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, a nice. By the way, he looks really good in black and gold. He looks really. I mean, good it is. It is the Alpha's founders' day, so he. He. You know, black and gold is never yeah, ne- never go. a bad color combination if you gotta go out. Um, but no, I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, all these things are fair. As you know, I think that like, I think that there's a level of frustration, not frustration, um, but disappointment. I think that's the word that I saw a lot among the more more um, thoughtful responses. Um, we, we, I think, Carl, you sent us a, a thing in our message from our colleague at uh, who's at who's at Morgan State now, and it used to be at Howard, a professor, history professor, mm-hmm. and he was like. You know, he brought up Ruth Simmons, and I thought that was a real apt. You know, Ruth Simmons had been the president of Brown University, and 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 then for the last I don't know seven or eight years had been the president at Prairie View, and had brought on brought in tremendous amounts of resources and grant money, and really built the academic and you know institution um, as her role as president. And that's the kind of way you see someone who who who's using this other experience to help propel the university forward in real kind of tangible ways and that when she retires she hopes she lifted in, in in a in a better spot right um and i think that that was part of you know i think that's part of the tension that was um at hand right and i don't know i mean like the month like you said uh carl i think that point is like two point bill 2.1 billion dollars at colorado and that's a and that's a really a small endowment to be perfectly honest yeah um you know, uh, and so I think I think there's also a lot of tension about the Colorado job. We just have to acknowledge that, too. Right. Like um, black folks don't imagine ourselves in Colorado like that. <laughs> like we can't imagine. I mean, I mean, Cordell Stewart. I mean, that was like 25 years. Yeah, like 30 years. <laughs> he's bringing it. Those are 30. Hey, oh. He's bringing it back. But they've had three black coaches. He's bringing it back. I, I, they, they've right. had four black coaches in the last 10 years or 12 years or something right. crazy. More than anybody. Right. right. Uh, uh, that's a PWI. That's a PWI, right. And uh, so in that sense, congratulations to Colorado. All those coaches got fired with the exception of Dion, who just got hired because that's a tough job, dude. Like, I think that's. Just like Jackson State, because all those coaches got. But I don't. Fired I don't, I don't think Jackson State is. Act, I mean, in even FC, they got fired. They did get fired. But what I'm saying is that the Jackson State Grambling fired Doug Williams. Because Doug, uh, but like firing your coach is about winning and losing, right? Right. Like, and so right. like, and that's so what, like what's that's your, but, the, what? But, that's the dance. But look, the thing is, here's what I'll say: that Jackson State job, you should be decent every year at Jackson State, right? Mississippi produces more per capita, more NFL players than any other state in the union. They've got a ridiculously effective and deep JUCO system. So, like, at, then why haven't they why, before Dion those last five because years? Because they've been right? hiring the wrong coaches. Ah, so, or, or you're right. Yeah, they got the right guy and he left. Right, but that's but, but this. But I think that, it gets to the point, and I know I, we're right. I, I'm cutting you, you know, off I, because it gets to this point, and this is why it hurts. Because the dream was what we said, why don't these guys go to here? Yeah. Right. Just just get exploited here. The reality is, and it might be the case, you just can't do it at football to the level because there's always going to be two things. You're always up against Mississippi. You're up against Mississippi State. 
and you're up against those other institutions that will take your coach who, who let's face it, they don't want necessarily Dion to coach. They want Dion coach who brings the who play. Prime, who's going to bring the connections. He's going to bring the players. He's going to bring the connections. And that's why it's not, it's not going to work at football. Right. That's, and that's integrations curse. Yeah. Right now at basketball, it's a different story because basketball, you just need one year. Um, you just need one year to get in. You just need one great player uh, to get in. And all these guys, these past two years, kind of post George Floyd era, the Mikey Williams, and uh, I might go HBCUs. They did it, right? It was this kind of post George Floyd, post Dion world, and they've pulled out. They're, they're not going anymore. I think you get on those. It's, it's like at a certain point, if you're going to play this, this well, game, it, you got to get ahead of it. You got to have the facilities in place. Well, we, you got to have the right we're never gonna have get sports. in and out. Because like right. black colleges just don't have the right. don't have the infrastructure or the resources. Right. Like we're talking about. Like, right. You're gonna have to talk to Mackenzie Scott. Right. And get that money. But like at that point, we shouldn't be spending money on you know athletic facilities. Right. Like, right. That's, that's, that's right. what I'm saying. Maybe you don't though. I mean, but then, but then, maybe, I, maybe but then I think what what I think the the damage for this is the long term damage is that like without these kind of you know like. Sports really, if we do, we think college sports is necessary for black colleges to exist. I don't know. Like one could say yes and one could say no, right? Like we don't need them. But at the same time, we know that black college athletics and athletics in general bring a particular kind of uh, student uh, energy around the institution. And, you know, because if you don't have football, you don't have the band. Right, like let's be re- right. Yeah, and put that yeah. band in the right. basketball. Like, yeah. Right, like ain't no marching band in the in the in the basketball arena. Right, right. like right. And so what you know the 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 kind of reverberations of that are are tremendous. And I think that that was a situation. And so it's still not always going to require a sacrifice. Like my point is always that black folks have never gotten anything without sacrifice, right? And so like if we if if black colleges if we want to change this narrative and make HBCUs, which were once because of segregation, this hotbed of of talent, then in order to 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 on an even smaller scale recreate that and program build out so that they can make a a a impact on the national scene, it requires a tremendous amount of sacrifice, and it's hard. It's hard. Like it's going to be hard because you're going to get paid. You know, you know, you're going to get paid less than North Dakota State at Jackson state, right? Like that's just where it is. Right. Um, but you're not just, it can't just be about money. Right. And I think that that's a question. That's it's a program building question. That's always at the core. Yeah. I was gonna, all right. So I got to jump in with two quick things that I think are kind of getting overlooked. One, I just saw on football scoop that, uh, Simmons. Are you looking on Twitter while we're supposed to be talking? Wow. Oh, wow. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, 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 wow. Wow. I, wow. I, I made you, you, you all went off for like 20 minutes. I had a chance to pull out some links. <laughs> um, but no, but on Football Scoop, they were saying, on Football Scoop, they were saying how um, Simmons might be in contention to join Sanders' staff at Colorado oh, from I, FAMU. I, I want to hear it. I want um, that same energy. I want that I, I, same I energy I, when he goes. I want that same energy too. Say, so here we go. It's the same energy. Um, so, so I want the, the same energy. So that was I want the same energy. <laughs> that was one. Oh, thing. I hope he does. Um, also, I said I think I sent you all this this link though. This was a couple of days ago when SI was reporting on 
Sanders making the jump. And one of the things that was holding it up was that the university, and this is a direct quote, the university is in the process of changing its academic standards ahead of the hire. In what has been a longstanding frustration, Colorado's standards have made it difficult for coaches to recruit transfers. For years now, the school has held a stringent requirement on accepting credits from other universities. Um, and, and I just want to drop that in there because, I mean, we talked about a little bit just now thinking about like HBCUs and whether or not we should even be thinking about sports and what it means to have sports at these institutions of higher education. Um, it's also one that I worry about in particular for black athletes who show up to these lily white universities, including one that will be in Boulder, Colorado, um, in which part of the hiring process is about adjusting the academic standards ahead of it, right? Because we know so many black athletes at in these college spaces have to deal with the stereotype um, on whether or not they are academically inclined in position to handle the rigor of these institutions. And and this just kind of like reinforces. So I was really frustrated to see this part of the report come out um, alongside the Sanders hire at Colorado. Can I say something on grades real quick? And, and I think that's, that's part of it, right? Like I think Notre Dame and, and Derek's the college football guy, they did this in the 1980s, right? They, they realized they couldn't compete and they made, and it sounds racial, right? When they do it. But I think at the same time, and, and John Thompson would say this and John Chaney. So we talked, we had a John Thompson and a John Chaney episode <laughs> and, 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 and they're revered because they, they said, you know what, when, when prop 48 came out or prop 42 comes out right after that, these are restrictions on playing at the D1 level. And in fact, Shannon Sharp tweeted today that he wasn't going to go to Santa, Santa Savannah state if he wasn't prop 48. Right. Um, it's an opportunity to bring these guys to school. And then we all know this, right? We're educators. We have guys in our class all the time that we work with, right? And and, and I think you give them the opportunity to be at Colorado. And if he builds the right place, right? And I don't know if he will. And I don't know if what, what institutions do. John Thompson did. John Cheney did. Maybe football schools don't. But if you, if you build the right place, that student athlete will be okay, right? Give them the opportunity to go to Boulder, he'll be fine. If it's just going to be a football factory, which it might be, then, then he'll, he'll struggle. Um, but I, I think there's, it, it could go both ways on that, right? If you build the, the proper facilities, you get the proper, you get the tutors in there, you make them go to school, make them go to class. I, I know Dion talked about that. Um, I mean, he, there's videos of him talking about that at Jackson state. I don't know how that's going to work at Colorado. Right. Um, but but there's opportunities to let those kids in on, on that campus at, at Boulder and then and, and see what happens. So, I, you know, it's bad because we all assume that dropping academic standards mean they're bringing in more black athletes. Right. And that's I think that's always been the, um, what's always implied in that. But at the same time, you know, if you do it right, then, then you can give this kid an opportunity to be at Boulder, not to say any other school would be better. Uh, but it's still an opportunity. I mean, it, the flip side of that is is Dexter Manley, right? Though, in that the the the, flip, the cautionary tale. Yeah, I don't know how many Dexters are there. He went to where do you go? Oklahoma State. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know, John Hot Rod Williams couldn't read or write. He's at Tulane. Yeah. So we we got a million of these stories, right? Um, but so 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 it remains to be seen. But but I think I think this is be good. It's going to be a good thing. It'll be a pipeline. Uh, the sad thing is, I think we you know integration killed a lot of opportunities, um, a lot of segregation. And then the combination integration killed a lot of opportunities, a lot of chances. And I think Dion's move and the struggles, previous struggles at Jackson State, as you talked about that, a lot that, that endowment, you know, 2 billion compared to like 
what, 59 other schools, that's a product of that, right? And I think that illuminates that. But I don't think, and these are my last words, that Dion's solely to blame, and I don't think it's Dion's responsibility to to, to hold up things. And and I think it was foolish to to ever think that of Dion, right? Because we all know that Dion's Dion, and he's he's an individual first, right? Um, he's a, he's a smooth talker, and that's how he's always been. And and I think it should be read that way. It, it don't have to be that way, but it is. But but it's a, yeah, it is a smooth talker. He's a smooth talker, right? He's a smooth talker, and that's who he is. All right, with that, that's it. That's it. That's we had one hour. That's that's, that's smooth. That's, uh, that's way over one hour. We did twenty five minutes on. Uh, uh, on you know, I'm, looking, I'm looking at the time. It says one oh five. I know. I'm gonna hit stop record once I say that the real reason Derek's bad is that he knows that Dion's gonna steal Maryland's recruits. Boom, and it's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> Peace.